0: Dream Life Worship Center in Randallstown, Maryland, is an uplifting church, helping people live their dreams and fulfill their purpose by following the Word of God.
1: All right, we're going to go into the Word of God. You can stand now for a moment. I'm going to try to move along, but the Lord has a word for the house this morning. Amen. Amen. Of uh, Psalms 23, very familiar passage of scripture. You might have recited it at your Easter during your Easter program from one year back in the day. Psalms 23. Maybe at the kitchen table. Very classic psalm. Very classic says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. One translation says, the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. What a testimony. One translation says, the Lord is my shepherd, I want for nothing. Somebody just make, put that in the atmosphere. Say, I want for nothing. Come on, make that your confession for the next few weeks. I want for nothing. Woo, glory to God, because he's my shepherd. That's why. Now he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores or restoreth my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Anybody got some enemies around you? You see my hand is up. Both hands up. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, emphatically, without any questions, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me. That means goodness and mercy is hunting you down. (laughs) That means goodness and mercy is chasing you down. Glory to God. All the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let's let's read another passage. Uh, Let's read in the New Testament, John 10 and 10. You know this. I just want to read it in your hearing again. John 10 and 10. You can run the clock now. Go ahead and run it. Go ahead and run it. John 10 and 10 says, that the thief does not come except to steal. Speaking of the devil, he's the thief. Are you listening to me? He comes to do what? Steal and to kill and to destroy. I come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I'm going to read. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise for that. We're a word-teaching church, so follow us in the word. Let's go to Joel. I want to read that now in case we don't have you turn to it later. Uh, Joel, the second chapter, book of Joel. Second chapter. Second chapter of Joel. Let me get it. These little small books could be challenged trying to get to them, you know? (laughs) One and two chapters. (laughs) All right. Joel 2, this is a promise to the people of God. So I will restore you the years that the locusts have eaten, the crawling locusts, the consuming locusts. Your Bible may say the caterpillar, the poma worm, and the chewing locusts. My great army which I sent among you and you. Who will? You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. Now I'm drawing my subject from from the text of John 23 where the Bible says he restoreth my soul he restored my soul we're talking this month teaching you about matters of the soul we've been teaching on Sunday and Wednesday myself on matters of the soul because God is trying to get you and I to pay attention to what's going on in the inside of us come on say amen and so, this morning, I want to talk about the blessing of a restored soul, the blessing of a restored soul. What happens when God restores my soul? <laughs> you may be seated in his presence. One of the things we have to understand is that even after, especially those of you that are that have received Christ and are born again, even after your glorious salvation experience, uh, we many times and all of us still have to deal with the residue of our sinful life, relationships, and experiences. If you think this doesn't just go away when you become a new creature, you become a new species, you're born again, which means that God has now made your spirit alive unto Him. But that does not take away from the fact that there is no residues of your sinful experience that you have to many times walk through. Remember, we've been teaching this all month. We are are a spirit. We have a soul that we must possess. And we live in what? A body. A body. The vicissitudes of life can leave your soul Many times in a damaged state and in need of recovery. There are many scriptures in the scripture that talks about what can happen to your soul. One, one, one I read one verse in Proverbs says he, he who committed adultery. And that's not just talking about uh, f- uh, natural adultery. That's because spiritual adultery too. Destroy it, his own soul. How do you destroy your soul? Once it talks about if you keep your mouth. One scripture says you keep your mouth from trouble. Keep your mouth. You can keep your soul from troubles, your soul from troubles. So sometimes, many times, we don't pay attention to what's going on on the inside. And prophetically speaking, that's what God is doing in this season. He is prophetically, watch this, showing us and teaching us That we have got to pay attention to what is happening on the inside of us. Are oh, you listening to me? Uh, this entire pandemic experience has been all about really what's going on on the inside of you. What's going on where? On the inside of your being. You see your immune system. So Satan is attacking. The coronavirus attacks the immune system. doesn't attack your outside. It attacks what's going on on the inside of you, your breath, your respiratory system. It attacks it, tries to stop you from breathing. That's where your life is. That's where your inspiration is. Watch this. That's also where your soul is. God whoo, breathed in the man with the breath, and he became a living what? So this whole, even epidemic, I believe, in the midst of it, God is trying to deal with us in terms of what's going on on the inside. I'm just speaking prophetically. He's trying to deal with us on the inside. On the inside of us, he's revealing miracles. I heard him say to me last night, he says, in this season, I'm doing a mighty work from the inside out. I'm working miracles, supernatural victories from within, And they will manifest from without. Everything I promise shall be revealed and seen in your life. Only trust me and surrender your deepest concerns, pains, and shame, and even reproaches. Now, I'm going to go further into this prophetic word that he gave me, but I want you to hear that God in this season is dealing with the inside. What is going on inside? Because if he can, watch this, if he can work with you and make you whole on the inside, he will move you. That's what he's trying to do. He's moving us in this season, supernaturally, to new destinies, new places in him. There's a prophetic movement in God. But God knows that the movement must begin from the inside out. Are you listening to me? And so there's a work, a mighty work that's taking place in the soulless room. And I believe that's why God has led us to deal with that. Because sometimes we're just doing things outwardly, going through the religious experience and going through uh, the church uh, work and service as we do. And we're not paying attention to the thing that Jesus told us to pay attention to the most, our soul. He says, in patience possess ye your soul. Your spirit is already saved, is eternal. Your body will be redeemed, but your soul is being saved. Are you listening to me? So it's important to understand and that we must pay attention to what's going on from the inside. I won't get into everything we said about the soul, but we know the soul is the mind, the will, our ability to surrender to God, to, to become vulnerable. we we'll to talk about that. Our ability to be in touch with our feelings. That's the soul. Sometimes you don't even recognize and don't pay attention to how you've been feeling and why you're feeling that way, why certain things trigger certain feelings in you. And you don't even pay attention to the trigger. All you is just pay attention to is the fact that it just makes you sad. I just get depressed every time I see that. Well, why do you get depressed every time you see them? What is it that's going on in your soul that's triggering that? And so many, we have to make a conscious effort to start focusing on what's happening in the soulless realm. And here's the beauty of what I'm teaching you in this month. When God calculated the price of your redemption, he also, watch this, he factored in the damage that sin would do to your soul. <laughs> when he factored in Your redemption, the price. He calculated what it would take, what what price Christ would pay on the cross. And being wounded and being bruised and being scarred and being beaten with many stripes. He calculated what he would have to experience and go through. Watch this. So that you, in your journey in life, would be able to deal with the things that happen to your soul. uh, With the damages that you may experience with your soul. With the wounds with the hurts, with the disappointments. He calculated it all so that you would be able to be restored in your soul. David said, he restored my soul. I love this passage because the illustration or the metaphor, the metaphor here is a shepherd and sheep relationship. And, and that's not always easy for us to relate to because how many of you own a farm? Not Many. So you, you, how many of you own sheep? Come on, let me see the sheep, herd, goat herders. Not many of you here, maybe some of you that are watching from other countries you may. But some of you here may not be able to relate, but, but the sheep-shepherd relationship is the, one of the relationships that God uses to illustrate mankind and his nature. Our nature is like as of a sheep. As nature, the nature that sheep wander. Sheep have a tendency to wander. And so a sheep can't function without a shepherd. A sheep can't live. The shepherd leads the sheep. He guides the sheep. He feeds the sheep. And when the sheep is in danger, he attacks the wolves. And he wants to pour the oil on the wounded sheep and binds up their wounds. And that's where he restores. And so in this passage... You you see the the shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, oh, that revelation is going to become more real to you like ever before. The Lord is the one that feeds me, leads me. Come on, somebody. The Lord is the one who's guiding me through this path, this dangerous path of this pandemic. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is feeding me. The Lord is is leading me. Watch this. Here's a good one. The Lord is protecting me. Woo! Hallelujah. Now watch this. But in the midst of that, he just just almost like a break in the thought and says, He restoreth my soul. He restoreth my soul because sheep get wounded. Sheep wander. And they get wounded. The Bible says in Isaiah 53 and 6, all we like sheep, Prophet Beverly, that's what it says, all we like sheep, all we, everybody, every human being, all we like sheep have gone astray. But the Lord laid on him, Jesus, The iniquity of us all. Hallelujah. That's why you can still come in here and shout, even though some areas you feel like you messed up in. That's why you can come in here and shout, even though some circumstances are not perfect or not right in your life. Yet, you can keep on shouting. Why? Because the Lord is your shepherd. Somebody give God a praise today. And I can keep on shouting because he restoreth my soul. Oh, hallelujah. I just feel the glory on this. I tell you, I feel his presence on this. He restored. Anybody ever been wounded? Anybody ever been hurt? And God had to restore. I love it. it Said It says he restoreth, T-H, T-H. The T-H in the King James means it's a continuous process. He keeps on doing it. Hallelujah. Sometimes I think I got it going on, and all of a sudden, it seems like the enemy throws a curveball, or, or something happens, and life happens. And I said, Lord, how? But then He restores it. Somebody, anybody, have their soul restored. He restores it. My what? Soul. Even after a glorious salvation experience, sometimes we make it through the trial. We survive the trial in life. We survive maybe a severe sickness, even a divorce that can happen, a betrayal of someone. We survive, yeah, we survive real bad decisions that we've made, choices that we've made, that we've uh, even dealing with today. We survive sometimes even the betrayal of others The loss of a loved one, the loss, the sudden loss, the tragic loss. This, This is what happens in life many times, even after you're born again. An abusive relationship, the molestation. How many are listening to me today? A rape, a dysfunctional home, a broken home. These situations can leave a residue of pain, fear, and shame in the soulless realm. Maybe not in the natural because you're still getting up going to work. Maybe not in the natural because you're still going through the emotion. But the soul has been affected. But the good news is the day he restoreth. Woo! I said, he restoreth my what? What does he restore? Yeah, this affects the way we think many times, these situations, how we process words, very important, how we think, how we think, how we think. Sometimes you can't relate to people because of the way you think. Sometimes you're always in trouble because of the way you think. You think everybody's against you. You think everybody's uh, out there trip you up and you think you can't trust anybody and sometimes it's not just the way you think i'm talking about what happens when the soul sometimes gets damaged or the effects that this it can leave us we don't process words this is a very big one because this remember i said to you in the beginning of this teaching in the month that that the words that go out they don't just go through your ears they go to your souls words go straight to what words go away where Straight to the soul. And so what happens is sometimes when the soul has been damaged, even good preaching can't hardly reach you. Good counsel can't even convince you. Oh, are you listening to me? Uh, We talking about prosperity and your soul is saying, not me. Ain't never happened in my family. You shouting hallelujah, but your soul is saying, it ain't going to happen to me. The soul, are you listening to me? God's healing, but it won't happen to me. Your soul is is processing information now wrong, Uh, managing our feelings and and the choices that we move forward in life. All of these things can be affected when a soul is damaged. We become fearful. We can become shameful and even vulnerable. Follow me. Thanks be unto God, He restores our soul. Somebody that shout out in the atmosphere, here. He restores my soul. You can type that in there if you're watching us by way of streaming. He restored my soul. Thanks be to God that he brings me to a place of holiness, a place of wholeness. That's what rest- restoration means. He can make me free of that wound and injury. Oh, yeah. And sometimes it can be there for a decade, two decades of living. But when he restores you, he can make you free of that injury. Woo, come on, He shout, hallelujah. That's what it means to be restored. It means to be made mentally and emotionally sound again. It means that, watch this, that my soul is being restored. It means that now I can wake up again. Now I can smile at your face even though you hurt me. It means that now I can hold a conversation with someone who really betrayed me. Come on. That's when you know your soul has been restored. Are you listening to me? That's when I can get my finances together even though I've been wounded through the bankruptcy. And I felt like I'll never get back. But now, since he dealt with my insides, now that he's... I'll help me get my mojo back. I got my confidence back. I'm looking forward to the morning again. Oh, some, I'm, I'm, I need to talk to some real people, because maybe you've never had days when you didn't want to get out of bed. Maybe you didn't have days when you didn't want to face the people at work. Maybe you didn't have days when you were ashamed to come to church, but I know what it is to have walked through these valleys. Are you listening to me? But thanks be unto God, every time I surrendered to the great shepherd of my soul, he knew how to restore my soul. I understood that it was more than what you saw baby it was what I was dealing with on the inside but if I allowed them to deal with me on the inside I came in here smiling I came in here shouting you didn't even know what I just been through I came in here praising God giving God the glory why because he restored my what come on What's the portrait of a damaged soul? Let me give you the portrait of a damaged soul. We become unwilling to trust. Again, unwilling to believe. We, we, we become unwilling to believe in ourselves. And here's the real big one. You become unwilling to believe in other people. Because I'm going to show you that, that the damaging of a soul affects your relationship with other people in a huge way. And some of you think it's all right. Well, I just stay I myself. Okay, fine. And see how much God can use you like that. Are you listening to me? I read even in some studies in here concerning this whole idea of him restoring the soul of the sheep. He doesn't restore the soul of one sheep just for that individual. But a shepherd heals and binds up the wounds of one sheep knowing that if he restores one of the sheep, it affects the entire flock. One restored sheep, now other sheep somehow gain strength from one restored sheep. Doesn't that sound like Jesus? He says, I know Satan decides, Peter wants to sift you as weep. I know he wants to bring you down, but I prayed for you, Peter. <laughs> Woo! I pray that your faith faileth not. Is there anybody here that felt like your faith was failing, but somehow God stepped in, he restored your soul? I wanna prophesy, this is not in my notes, but somebody needs to hear this. Jesus told me to tell you, he's prayed for your situation. He's already covered it, glory to God. He knew how the enemy was gonna come in. He said, watch this, I prayed for you, Peter, that your faith faileth not. And he says, and when you are converted, in other words, and when you are restored, strengthen your brother. Find someone to tell them that God is faithful. He'll carry you through. You don't have to cry, my friend. He's going to bring joy in the morning time. I need somebody to give him praise if he restored your soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 glory to God. It's important to understand this. Watch this. When the soul is damaged, it's laced with fear. Damaged soul is laced with what? Now, fear has several manifestations. Fear can manifest in oversensitivity. We can not be careful what we say to you because anything will make you go off. Your soul has been damaged. You're defensive, defensive this. You feel like you got to defend everything that has happened to you in your life. You don't have to defend everything that's happened in your life. You don't have to tell everybody why this happened to you. When the soul is damaged, it feels like it has to justify everything that's happened in your life. You don't have to justify everything that happened. All of us need our souls restored. Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am. He's an apostle. He said, oh, wretched man that I am. He was an apostle. Oh, wretched man that I am. And why are you trying to explain everything that has happened in your life? Because your soul has been damaged. You withdraw, withdraw, become isolated. Isolated. I don't want to see, talk to nobody. I just stay to myself, come to church, receive the word, and go home. Well, how are you ever going to be effective in ministry? How are you ever going to serve? How are you ever going to know the love and belonging of a, of a family? Your soul many times has been damaged. Just hear me if you will. You become shameful, negative thinking. It will not happen to me. It won't ever happen to me. I mean, even though you hear good preaching in the back of your mind, that tape keeps recording but when is it going to happen to me? And the enemy keeps telling you that you don't qualify because this happened to you. You're not strong enough. You're not cute enough. Your hair is not long enough. Come on, say amen. You don't have enough, the right clothes. He'll just start talking to you. And, you, and, and watch this. And when the soul has been damaged, it starts believing. It's called self-doubt. Start doubting yourself. And you are everything that God said you are. Come on, shout hallelujah. Talking about a damaged soul. Watch this. It manifests in hopelessness. It just feels like it ain't going to ever happen for me. Hopelessness. Depression. Big one. Big one in a damaged soul. It doesn't take any, It takes. much to trigger you into depression. Now, you love God. You feel great among the saints. But my God, when you go home, when you lock that door, or when you hear the voice of someone who has wounded you, you slip in depression. you keep rehearsing you keep rehearsing that which has happened to you and the enemy tells you because the soul has been damaged you'll never be able to recover you'll never get your whole life back together again you have missed your years you have missed your timing it is too late oh but the devil knows that God has the ability to restore a soul and when God restores he doesn't just put it back together but he gives you greater than what you had before you went through. When he restores a soul, he doesn't just fix that situation. He gives you the abundance that so you can be a blessing to everyone around you. When he restores the soul, he doesn't just affect your spiritual life, but he blesses your finances. He blesses your health. He blesses your confidence. He blesses your relationship. He restored my what? Soul! Oh, all right, That's time for a praise break. I need about 50 people that are not ashamed to give him praise. And I know your soul may be wording, but that's why you got to say, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And all that's within me, praise his holy name. I'm going to bless him. I'm going to praise him. No, it don't look like it's going to work. No, it don't look like he's going to come through for me. But, oh, I'll bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And all that was within me, bless his holy name. Come on, worship him. Somebody offer him, don't look at me. Look to him. I need you to praise him today. Hallelujah. He restored. it. All right, There's about 50 people that need him to restore your soul. And there's about 100 of you watching that need God to restore something in your life. But if you will praise him these next 30 seconds, heaven will respond to your praise. Heaven will fill your soul and glory will fill the house of your life. Go ahead and praise him. I see it with men and women of God. One of the things that happens when your soul is damaged, you go out and try to start trying to do things that you're not ready for. You say, I don't need nobody covering me. I do it myself. You're just wounded. You're wounded. I don't need a pastor. Everybody don't know. They don't know who I am. If you are anointed and you're healed and God is using you, yes, somebody should know who you are besides you. Jesus was famous. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Somebody else will know something about you besides yourself. So we, the, But the soul has sometimes talks to us and it says these crazy things. To us. Now, I need you to get this. Sexual perversion and sexual promiscuity are a sign of a damaged soul. Because you're looking now for affirmation and the moment someone just says something in your ear that sounds like it's okay, you now feel like you got to just drop it all. You just got to let it all out. Yeah, it, it's all right. No, it ain't all right because you're damaging your soul. You, you ever heard the term soul tax? sometimes we just have to say Lord restore my soul I got too many people in my soul I got too many women in my soul I got too many men in my soul I need you to break it I decree and declare if you receive this word it ain't nobody's business but you and the Lord but if you receive this word every soul tied that has been tied to your soul I command it to snap right now and to break right now you will find love you will find that man you will find that woman whom God has ordained for your life so I break the soul tie that keeps pulling you back like a yo-yo when you go forward it pulls your soul back it pulls your feelings back it pulls your emotions back I break it I sever it in the Holy Ghost and I declare that the plans that God has for you are good and not evil to give you an expected future Oh God, I feel the glory. The COVID crisis has affected many souls. We're just looking at what it's done in terms of death. But the COVID crisis has been a direct attack on the soul. You know the pain that families have dealt with? Can't even get to their loved ones when they die that affects the soul, children who have had to stay home. Do you know I was told the other day in the statistic I read, I was was told that there have been more teenage suicides and and, and children's suicides in this pandemic that we've ever seen before. Are you listening to me? So when they say trying to get the children back to school, everybody's not saying that because they're just trying to make a dollar. Some people understand the damage it's doing psychologically the children okay all right y'all don't hear what i'm saying this covid crisis has even affected the soul of america some of y'all watched that george floyd tribe can i tell you the george floyd tribe was a was a trial for the soul of this nation it wasn't just just injustice But it was about the soul, because I'm going to tell you, if that verdict did not come back right, the soul of this nation would have been damaged and it would have affected not only America, but all the other countries that have their eyes on America. So I need you to understand that this whole COVID crisis has been an attack on the soul. That's why the soul of America needs to be restored. I'm praying for him to restore the soul of this nation. Because if he can restore the soul of America, then everything else can come in place. Come on, how we think, how we feel about people. These, these are soulish things. And God says, I restore your soul. And I've been, you know, I, the other day I have to run across a very powerful doctor. Because I don't just read the Bible. I read other things. Are you listening to me? Because that's a part of how God uses you. When you watch, when you can fill your head with other things, not, not garbage, I'm talking about with information, understand what's going on around you. Now, I read Dr. Brene Brown, she's a very powerful authority on vulnerability. And I saw even her interview on Super Soul, now, and even, oh, even Oprah. She, I mean, it's Super Soul Sunday. Come on, y'all. People are getting it before we're getting it. You gotta deal with the soul of people. Brene Brown talks about vulnerability. Vulnerability. Very powerful concept. The power of being able to embrace your vulnerability because that's where the healing begins and the joy restoration begins. When you when your soul has been damaged, you become you vulnerable. And sometimes we allow that vulnerability to keep us from re-embracing our restoration. And sometimes, watch and what we have to understand. Many times, God uses that vulnerability to bring healing and restoration. Oh, okay, okay. I need you to get this. Vulnerability is the core of your shame, your fear, your struggle for worthiness. Yeah. But it's also the birthplace for joy, creativity, a sense of belonging and love. So what happens is what happens when, when our soul many times is damaged, we numb our emotions and feelings. We numb. But what we don't realize is when you're numbing your emotions and feelings, you're also numbing your joy. Because your joy is on the other side of that embracing. You're numbing your happiness. You're numbing your gratitude. You can't just numb the bad stuff. (laughs) Oh, you listen to me. And just say, no, you can't just numb the bad stuff. Because sometimes it is the bad stuff that you need to embrace so that you can get to the good stuff. There's some people I don't want to have a conversation with because it hurts so bad. But if I do it, I had to have that conversation yesterday with somebody. I ain't want to do it, but I had to do it. But, oh, when I embraced that vulnerability, I felt like, do you want to open yourself up? But I had to because when I came out of that conversation, I felt the joy of freedom that I would have never had. And this really is the power of the gospel. I wish I had time to really get into this. But Isaiah 53 is all about the work of the cross. The work of the cross was the greatest display of vulnerability. The Bible says that God, Jesus, literally placed himself in the hands of man.
0: God, let, me read this. let me read this.
1: Let me read this. Y'all love the word? Whoever believe every report to whom has the Almighty Lord been revealed, he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a rooter out of the ground ground. He has no form of comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we desire of him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrow. Now he knew this when he came. He's a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. That terminology, grief, there means sickness. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. In other words, we really didn't know who he was. That's why men treated him the way they did. But he became vulnerable, and surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yeah, yet we esteemed him smitten, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded. For our transgressions. See, he became vulnerable so that you and I could be saved. Can you see him on the cross, y'all? He he didn't deserve that. He didn't deserve to be rejected. and Some of you don't deserve that. Some of the things that have happened to you. He didn't deserve that. He was innocent, but he had to go through it. He had to make himself vulnerable so that he can get to the place of joy. Because he didn't just die, he was buried. But after he buried, on the third day he rose. And I'm prophesying that some of you here who have been in a place of burial, you've been in a place where your life has been hidden because the soul has been damaged. But today I prophesy your resurrection. Today I prophesy your coming out. Today I prophesy a relaunching of your life. I prophesy a new thing into your spirit. I prophesy your soul is blessed. Your soul will be restored. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruise for my iniquities and the chastisement of my peace was upon him he took it on he became vulnerable and with his stripes every one of those beatings every disease 40 stripes for 40 major diseases with his stripes we are now healed why are you letting them beat you Jesus well I gotta be vulnerable it hurts but I gotta do it cause if I don't get through this they won't get through it oh we like sheep have gone astray but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all that's why we worship Jesus that's why we praise the great Shepherd because he has the ability to restore our soul that's why we praise him because he's qualified the Lord is my shepherd not my mama not my preacher not my friend the Lord is my shepherd the Lord of glory the lord of all the earth the chief shepherd who watches over my soul the great shepherd who died and rose again the good shepherd who lays down his life for me that's why he's qualified that's why i let him feed me that's why i let him lead me that's why i let him guide my life somebody give god a praise Somebody give God a praise. I said somebody give God a praise. He restores my appetites. Cause that's what the soul is. Sometimes we pray the wrong prayer. We say, Lord, restore my career. Lord, restore my ministry. Lord, restore my finances. Lord, Restore my marriage, my friendship. Instead of saying, Lord, restore my soul. But today, somebody's going to say, Lord, restore my soul. Somebody shouts, hallelujah. I want you to see this here. Because when he restores your soul, he restores your appetites. That's where your appetite is. You start running after the things of God again. He gives you an appetite for righteousness. He restores your emotions. He turns your weeping into joy he gives you ability to love again not just love again but to play again because a person whose soul is damaged they mad all the time they can't never laugh everything is so serious but when you your soul is restored with the oil of gladness you can play again i'm prophesying to somebody who's going to play again all you listen to, you can play. Oh, that's a good one for husbands and wives. You can play again. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah! You can play again. He will restore your soul, your emotions, so that you can forgive again. You'll be able to try again.
0: We'd like to. Sometimes we stop
1: trying. Because the soul has been damaged. That was but when the soul to is to being restored, again. you say, I'm going to try it again. To our Somebody, Somebody shout hallelujah. W- Who am I prophesying? Because w- even while I'm preaching, w- God is restoring somebody's soul. This is what you'll be able to do. This is what you'll be able to do. You'll be able to dance again. One of the biggest things he restores is your mental acts. You begin to understand things in a new way. This is very important. I wish I had time to really teach y'all this. Because the area that the soul is damaged the most is in the area of understanding. Every human being wants to be understood and wants to understand other people. And so when relationship is torn, it's because understanding is torn. That's why even in our relationship with God, the the wise man says, in all that getting get understanding. You ever been misunderstood? One of the most painful soulful experiences is to be misunderstood. I mean, you meant the right thing, but it just didn't come out right and it caused all this confusion. Sometimes it's because the soul has been damaged and so there's no understanding of how to relate. There's no understanding of how to relate to people. And so when God restores you, he restores your mental acts. I'm just about done. But this is what he restores. You're able to hear again. This is the greatest blessing of being restored as in your soul, is that you can hear again. No, not audibly. You can hear with an understanding again. Because the greatest gift that a sheep, sheep have is that they can hear the voice of the shepherd. And so sometimes we just can't hear no longer. We don't hear because we've been damaged and so... Even when we're conversating, we can't even wait for the other person to finish their conversation because we've been so damaged to listen. We think even the listening is a threat to us. So when he restores your soul, you can hear again. You can hear in a new way. And that's what Jesus is doing. He qualifies as our good shepherd because of the work on the cross. And so as the good shepherd He now restores us, and I'm going to just close with this: He qualifies as the Lord. He'll make you the lie down in green pastures, which means He leads our lives into real viable food. I mean, green pastures is me. I mean, that means that means God has has led you to a place where you get good word. he leads you beside the still waters. He'll bring you into a place where the flow of peace can keep you at peace in the midst of all that's going on. Then he restores your soul. And I'm gonna close with this: God never restores you just to restore. Oh God, please hear me. He always. Restores in abundance. When something is restored in God, it is always better than what it was when it first began. Sometimes it's hard to figure out. It's hard to see. God promises us that it will be a better way, and so he makes it a better life. And he literally gives you a better future with yourself and even your loved ones. God will take that which is broken and put it together again. And make it better than what it was before. No, he may not even always use the same people. But they'll be better than what it was before. He'll take the shattered pieces of your life and glue them together with his love. And make them strong in the places that you were once weak. That's what it means to be restored. That's what it means to have a blessed soul. Yes, he promises to restore You can stand. He promises to restore you back abundantly. Can I repeat Joel 2.25 again? I will repay you. I'm going to stop right there. Because some of y'all, I just heard the Holy Ghost said, it's payment time. You've you just, you just been enlisted in heaven's payroll. I will repay. Who will repay? God, stop looking for people to get the restore back to you. God restores it. I repay you for the years. Some things have damaged our soul for years, that the locust has eaten away. Somebody give him a praise. And he keeps talking about these things because Satan knows if he destroys your life, the plant, he destroys your seed. So God says, I have to restore you because of your seed. If your soul don't get fixed, your children are going to stay jacked up. I didn't say if you got that man back or that woman back. I said if you don't get your soul restored, your seed is going to be lost. Because when a plant is lost, the seed is lost too. You will eat. You will have plenty to eat. Until you're full. You will praise the Lord again. Who has worked wonders for you? Never again will my people be ashamed. <laughs> you will never be ashamed again. God promises us a chance to break generational curses and to have generations to follow restored in abundance. What a blessing to be a restored soul. Come on, lift your hands because this word is healing you. Go ahead and worship him. You'll never be the same after today. Even those of you that are watching, go ahead. There's many of you in here, but I got to mention to those who are watching too, go ahead and worship him. I speak healing over your soul. I speak that you will not have to go back to that thing again listen this don't don't you you may feel right now i i, I didn't know this I, i'm so far but no you're not behind that's why he said i restore the years that's why he said i restore the years you didn't lose i'm here to tell somebody i'm who i'm talking to god says you're right on schedule you didn't have it before because you weren't ready for it but you're ready now you getting ready now you get ready you're right on schedule come on go ahead and worship him you're right on schedule and your life is not covered by
0: jesus there ain't no other way there's only one sheet that's coming down from heaven and his name is jesus and if you're not covered today i don't care what you've done how much you've done it how often you did it if you're not covered today you're not saved according to the Bible. you can be you'll be saved when you're covered by jesus if i'm talking to you i want you to lift your hands and say preacher pray for me i want to give jesus my heart when you lift your hands if you're not sure you're covered every hand down except those who want to be saved repeat this after me say lord jesus cover my life. I believe you died for me. I believe your blood cleanses me and makes me right with God. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed the word that was specifically prepared for you to hear today. visit www.dreamlifewc.com.